What happens when we neglect those petty little things, those little issues, little problems in our life? Well, over time, those little problems become bigger problems, and eventually they come to haunt you. That's exactly what we're going to be exploring in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, when Paul calls out sin. So turn to 1 Corinthians 5, and let's get into it. Hey there, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Blessed to be with you guys here on Stand Strong in the Word podcast. Thankful for all of the strong listeners out there who have a desire to be grounded, to be rooted in the Word of God. You know, as I was spending time with the Lord this past week and reminded in Psalm 19 that your words, God's words, His counsel, His commandments, one, they're not burdensome, but they're sweeter than than honey. And they're richer than even gold itself. And I stop and I think about that. Do I really believe that to be the case in my life? Does the word of God reside in me? Remember uh, Colossians 3.16, that that we're to be richly, right, in the word of God, to be grounded in Colossians 2. And we see in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, that we are to meditate on his word day and night. Psalm 119 verse 105, you know that it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Jesus said, I must go for the helper, the parakletos to come to teach us all things, to recall and to remember those things that I've taught you, right? That we would even do greater things. What that means is not that we have greater power because the power comes from the delegated authority from Jesus Christ himself who died on the cross for our sins and rose again. But we, the same power, the Bible says, through the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from dead lies within us. And so what he's saying in John 14 is we do greater things, meaning through the power of the Holy Spirit, we, the church, with thousands of years, right, since Christ, up to this point over 2,000, if you combine all the things that God's people have been doing, that's what he's saying. You'll do greater things. He did three and a half years of miracles and casting out demons, right, and teaching what he did publicly, up to this point, we have over 2,000 years of church history. Now, not all of it's been good. Not all of it's been done in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's the point. And so as we got, as we are guided in Scripture today, whatever ails you, whatever you, burdens you have, when you, you saw this title, uh, there's issues in your life, there's relationship issues, there's the problems in the church, problems in your family, whatever the case may be, and, and, and that little sin that little leaven we're going to be seeing today has spread in your life. And you look back thinking, man, why didn't I deal with that? Why did I ignore that? Why did I push it aside? Or why did I think that particular little sin in my life of lying or deception or lusting or, uh, you know, just pride, you know, why didn't I deal with it? Why did I neglect to really allow God to examine my heart to confess my sins before someone to help me? Whatever the case may be in your life, my friends. And I say that a lot because I know a lot of you guys, faithful listeners out there, or maybe you're listening for the very first time and we welcome you to this podcast. This podcast is designed to to give you the Bible verse by verse in chronological order. And so you can go back wherever you get this podcast and you can go back to the, the Gospels. And then from that, from, from the book of Acts to Galatians and now 1 Corinthians. And so this is a joy and a privilege because I love the fact that many of you guys are listening to this podcast and you're loving what you're hearing because it's God's word. And I get it. There's times where I run through a passage of scripture and and I don't even do it justice. 
right? There's just so much there. And we either have a limited time or I'm limited in my resources and my research, or in some cases you get it wrong, you know, um, and, and not really interpreting what that passage, you know, really is conveying, but our heart and desire through the direction of the Holy Spirit and being grounded in God's word and letting the word of God interpret itself is to teach you guys God's word, knowing that it's infallible, it's inerrant. There is a movement out there, my friends, that I say, don't look at your sin. That's not even, sin doesn't even exist. And they're just, they, they push it aside, they cast aside. No, that is not what we are to be doing as Christians and as people who are light bearers of his truth, who've been redeemed by the blood of Christ. We are to teach people the truth of God's word and not to be ashamed. And so even though in the last podcast, in podcast 229, we were talking about ancestral relationship that was going on in the church, that is probably one of the worst sins in the world. And sadly, as a pastor, I've had many cases, thankfully not a ton in in comparison to other types of sin, like, you know, infidelity, uh, that sort of thing, or premarital sex or pornography, whatever. Um, but the times I've dealt with these cases where there has been incest, it's just, it is very traumatic, of course, on the victim, as you can imagine. And let's just be honest, my friends, those type of individuals who've had to go through that, who've been a victim of such, such a horrific, abhorrent behavior that I believe is demonic. Um, they never fully recover, but I'm reminded of one case of an individual who, um, you know, was in a. She, she was violated by a grandfather and over time um, they found out he was uh, convicted. She later got married and I'm sitting there with her and her husband. They couldn't have kids, but it just, it just, you still see that type of behavior of what was done to them. That's demonic and how it still uh, was an act of violation to her mentally and her memories. And, you know, we just praying for, for, for comfort and, to re, and for release. And so the fact that when you're thinking about this particular sin in the church in Corinth, Paul was directly calling out and he was saying, you arrogant people that you guys are not even dealing with it. And more than likely it's because this individual who's in this incestual relationship with his stepmother was a prominent figure in the culture and probably produced and provided a lot of jobs. And so people were afraid. And I just want to say something. Guys, listen, that's the point of where we're seeing a lot of our behavior today is we ignore or things become so damning that a lot of us just remove ourselves and we're afraid to speak up. You can't. There are a lot of victims of sexual abuse and violence and we need to speak up and we need we need to do more to help the church not only recognize this but to provide care and support financially spiritually um, with professional help as well and so as we transition now in verses 6 through 8 the title here is what a little sin can do so i you know a lot of us praise god have never had to deal with that type of sin that the church was dealing with that paul is calling out what we just talked about with incestual relationships but we all are sinners, so we all sin as a result. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And so whatever burdens you bring right now as you're listening, I pray that you just heed God's word. As I was reflecting and even talking to my wife recently as I was studying this particular passage, just looking within my own life and praise God for his conviction. And, you know, a little leaven, as we're going to see, does you know, if you ignore it, if you don't think it's such a big deal, eventually it will spread and it'll get worse. 
So let's pick things up here now in verse 6 in 1 Corinthians 5. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Okay, there is a lot packed in here. And what we're going to have to do is obviously Paul's referring in a lot of instances to the Old Testament, to the Jewish scriptures. So we're going to pull from that as well so we can fully understand as best we can this limited time here on the podcast what Paul is, you know, what he's conveying here. So let's do that. Let's now first, you know, find out, you know, this, this, you know, this question, if you will, that Paul's posing here in verse six. Now, when you look at the question, do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? So essentially what Paul is summoning up uh, with the Corinthians is this, this lack thereof of knowledge, okay, or, or care, okay, or grief. And so when he says your boasting is not good, do you not know? This is rhetorical. He's kind of saying you guys are well aware, but you're covering it up with your pride, See, that's why a lot of times when we say that somebody who's prideful, they're actually very insecure. So what they're doing is they're masking the pride, their, their insecurity with the pride. And a lot of times people who are control freaks, um, you know, or manipulators, that's, that's, that's what's, what's really going on. They don't know really how to manage their emotions. They, they have a lack of discernment and maturity and how they cope with things in their life. And when things are not happening their way or the way they, 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 they believe it should be, then that's, you know, in their boastfulness, they know all or they're holier than thou. They call the shots. They point out everybody else's failures, but their own. And I've had many people like that in my own life, you know, who, who I've had to remove because they're boasting. They never see the error of their ways or there's a lack of grief in their own sin. And isn't that true when we see how David had to remove himself from Saul because he knew he wasn't truly repentant? So keep that in mind when we're dealing with this particular passage. So Paul's calling them out. He's calling them out due to their lack of grief. And he's circling back that we just saw in verses one through five about their boasting, their pride of ignoring this. Now he brings up this phrase now, a little leaven. Now I'm gonna refer to the Zonervan Illustrated Bible background commentary where it says the word Zemias best translated as leaven um, rather than yeast. Okay, so he's not dealing with yeast, he's dealing with leaven. In other words, a piece of fermented dough is kept back from the baking so that it can be used to leaven the next batch of dough. So Paul uses leaven as an analogy, my friends, to point out how sin spreads. Now remember, small amounts of fermented dough, that was sourdough, would be added to the larger portion in order to make it rise. So throughout his writings, Paul uses leaven as a symbol. Okay, so he's applying something that they know that applies also to the unleavened bread. Going back to the Hebrews who were, um, they, they didn't have time to, for the for the member of the dough to rise. And so they ate unleavened bread. And that was a symbol of them being delivered from their bondage of sin. And that, and, and they, the unleavened bread that is the Passover that leads to the Passover, right? So being set apart 
uh, for the Lamb of God. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So throughout his writings, Paul is always using leaven most often as a symbol of sin that will continue to grow and affect everything around it if it's if it's left unchecked. So keep that in mind. Now this is important because this isn't something that was introduced to the church at this point in time. No, go back to Matthew 16, verse six, where Jesus uses leaven as the presence in spreading of sin. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So this is important. In one sense, Paul's referring to leaven as the symbol of sin when it comes to ignoring or accepting those little sins in your life. Little white lies, you know, we like to say, or lusting after woman, not thinking it's a big deal, or, you know, stealing a little items from your work or cheating a little bit on the test, not a big deal, Right. Eventually, that will lead to other types of sin or stronger types of sin. Now, Jesus is referring to individuals who are dead in their sin, who are spreading their sin through false teaching. Okay, so if you accept lies and deception and false teaching from certain prophets who are not speaking the word of God, that can, that can have major spiritual implications in your life. So Paul calls out the pride of the Corinthians not to tolerate any kind of sin to infect others in the church community and allow it to spread. So I ask you, what are things you are not dealing with in your life? Maybe you're in leadership in your church and you're aware of particular sins in the church and they're not dealing with it. And over time, it's escalating. It's getting worse. Paul tells us in verse seven, cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened for Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Now, this is a metaphor. And this is what we have to understand when we're making this, this, you know, this interpretation from verse seven. This is a metaphor that Paul's using for leaven. And it goes way back to Exodus chapter 12, verse 19 and chapter 13, verse seven. If you go back to the feast of unleavened bread, as I was mentioning earlier, during the time of Passover, there was no leaven to be found in the homes of the Hebrew people. All right, so now let's understand what the word Passover is. In the Greek, it's Pesa, okay? So it's speaking of the event in Exodus when the angel of death passed over the homes that had the marking of blood on their doorposts. So you can see that in Exodus chapter 12, verse 43, Exodus chapter 34, verse 25. Munz's complete expository dictionary says this regarding Passover, quote, this festival became one of the three annual feast days among the Israelites. So if you want to take these these down, if you're taking notes, or you can pause and then find something to put on a piece of paper on your phone, Leviticus 23 verse 5 mentions in that chapter the, the Jewish feasts, okay, that they were to live according that is the fulfillment of their calendar year. Numbers chapter 9, verse 2, and verses 4 through 6, and also 12 through 14. So that was Numbers chapter 9. Then you see Deuteronomy chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. So those passages in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy talk about the feast days that are among the Israelites. Now remember, Joshua celebrated it with the Israelites on the plains of Jericho in Joshua chapter 5, verses 10 through 11. You see, Hezekiah had a special Passover during his reign in 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verses 1 through 18, as did Josiah in 2 Chronicles chapter 35, verses 1 through 19. 
So the Munz's Complete Expository Dictionary says this, this word can also, however, however, be used more specifically for the Passover lamb. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 21, 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 15, and 2 Chronicles chapter 35, verse 13. And again, that's going back to when Josiah celebrated the Passover. So when you look in the Gospel of John now, Jesus typifies the Passover lamb. For example, Jesus was anointed in Bethany at the exact same time. Did you know this? I mean, this is amazing. When you when you go deep into the Jewish roots here and seeing the fulfillment of Jesus to the Jewish scriptures, it is amazing. So when Jesus, my friends, was anointed in Bethany, at the exact same time as the lambs were being selected by the Jewish families in preparation of, of the Passover. What does that say? You see that in Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 through 12. Jesus was anointed as the lamb who would take away the sins of the world. So as the families were in the market, picking their lamb without blemish, without spot, okay? When they were anointing that lamb, I mean, that Jesus was being anointed to say, I will take away the sins of my people. And not only that, but Jesus was interrogated on the day of preparation. If you look in John chapter 19, verse 14, John chapter 19, verse 31 and verse 42. So just as the Hebrew people removed leaven from their homes and were delivered from bondage, so too, this is what Paul's stressing. The church needs to remove sin in their presence for they have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus who is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. That's what John the Baptist said in John chapter 1, verse 29. So when he says, cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. So just like the Hebrew people on the Feast of Unleavened Bread, leading to the Passover, when they would sacrifice that lamb, as a reminder of the forgiveness of their sins, we, we as Christians, we need to remove sin out of our life, knowing that Christ is our Passover lamb, knowing that he is our, the ultimate sacrifice. Just spend some time in the book of Hebrews. Spend some time in Colossians chapter 2, and you will see that. Spend some time in Romans chapter 5 to chapter 8. So when it says that he has been sacrificed just as the lamb's blood was used to protect the Israelites, Remember, Jesus' sacrifice saves humanity from sin and spiritual death. So this linkage implies that Jesus is the ultimate Passover lamb whose life was sacrificed for mankind's salvation. So when you turn to Luke chapter 22, verses 7 and 8, and it reads this, Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be, what? Sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat of it. So then you see that reference and you go to Hebrews chapter 10 verses 10 through 14 and the writer there says, and by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being 
sanctified. Let me repeat that, that last verse in verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 10. For by a single offering, Jesus has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Isn't that amazing? So when you and I put things in perspective, we are to cleanse out the old leaven. Even as Christians today, we have the Holy Spirit who indwells us. We have Christ who is our Passover lamb who has been sacrificed so we could be sanctified. That, my friends, is powerful. Christ sacrificed his life. He laid down his life for us so that we could be saved, that we could be set free from our 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 bondage of sin. So when you go back to the deliverance of Passover, remember that angel passed over those homes who had the marking, who sacrificed the lamb and they put it on the doorpost. The the symbol there above the doorpost and on the side was the representation of the cross. And because I have Jesus Christ in my life who lived and died for me and lived and died for you, I am to set aside my life for him. I am to be consecrated. You and I are to be consecrated. So any type of sin that that tries to get into our life, any type of little leaven, and notice, remember, they would take a little of that leaven, that little sourdough, and they'd set it apart for the patch of dough later to come. And a lot of times we just set aside that little sin and then we mix it into other aspects of what we're eating or partaking of. And what happens eventually over time, it keeps spreading in other aspects of our life. So don't think for a minute I did. I, I would say, you know, I love Jesus. I'm a Christian. I'll be in the word. I'll ask for forgiveness. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. I, I got control of this. It doesn't really matter. But if somebody else was doing that sin and I found out, oh man. And that's not right. That's, that's self-righteousness. That's hypocrisy, my friends. That's why Paul says here, now let us therefore celebrate the festival not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So what does it really ultimately mean? Why take the Jewish people through these feasts? Because it all points to Jesus. Jesus typifies the lamb. So what Paul now contrasts with the leavened bread is to the unleavened bread. So this phrase, let us therefore celebrate, that means let us therefore keep, this is in verb, this, this is in verb form, and the verb form in Greek is in the present subjunctive. You may be thinking, what? what does that mean? Well, what Paul's saying is he says, hey, this is how he's encouraging the Corinthians. Let's live out our faith in holy consecration to God as a continue action, as a continual action until we die. So let us therefore celebrate the festival in the verbiage that's being used here and keeping it and maintaining it and living it out, that's in the continual. Let's not give up. Now, that's not saying that keep doing good works to be saved. No, you are saved by putting by putting Christ first, by confessing your sin and, and bringing him in and asking him to come into your life. That's how we're saved. And as a result of that, through that consecration, we will do good works to honor him and not honor ourselves. So Paul's encouraging them, hey, keep celebrating, keep living out your life, not in the leaven of malice and evil. That's not how we as Christians are to live. We live in, in, in repentance of our sin. So remember, Paul speaks to, or excuse me, Peter speaks to this consecration. This is what it, he says in 1 Peter 2, 5. He says, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood 
Now notice, he says, you're a spiritual house, okay? You're a living stone and you are holy priesthood. And notice, he says, giving all of these descriptors, he says, you are to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Because you are a holy temple, because the Holy Spirit indwells you, because you are a spiritual house, because you're a holy priesthood, look at all these descriptions. What are we to do as a result? We are do we are to do what we're made to do. We are we are to do what Christ has redeemed us to do, and that is to offer spiritual sacrifices that are expect, acceptable to Him. And notice who is it through? It's all through Christ Jesus. It's all through Him. Now I love this phrase where then He says, "But with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth." So that flat bread represents. It's a metaphor of sincerity and truth. So the Grace Truth Study Bible says this, quote, God's church must be unleavened or pure. Tolerating unrepentant sexual morality ruins the purity of the whole church. Therefore, the church must cleanse out the old leaven, that is, remove the unrepentant man from their membership. And the purpose for this cleansing is that the church may be a new unleavened batch. That means to be holy. The church is already unleavened because Christ fulfilled the Passover by dying as the Passover lamb. Therefore, the church should continually celebrate the festival of unleavened bread by living in a holy way. The church must not arrogantly tolerate leaven, such as immoral sex, end quote. So notice that we are to live in sincerity and truth. The word sincerity is used three times in the New Testament. And guess what? Every time these three occurrences is only to the Corinthians. And it means judged by sunlight. This is fascinating. And this is what I want to leave you with today. When you're considering that sin in your life that you have to confess and get and get rid of. You need to cleanse out the old leaven, my friends. You need to look to Christ who's the Passover lamb. You need to be set apart for, for him because he was sacrificed so you could be sanctified. Amen. This word sincerity means judged by sunlight. In the ancient Near East, a wise customer would raise the pottery to the sun to spot any patches or imperfections in the design. So when you're out there in the market and you're looking to buy uh, a pot of some sort, you would raise that pot to the sun to see if there's any patches to cover up the cracks or if it was old and they make it try to seem new. And so, of course, they're fooling you. You're not buying something brand new that's going to be secure and strong to do its job. You're buying a forgery or you're, fi- you're, you're buying a fake or you're buying something that's really actually old. On the outside, it may see brand new, but it's got a lot of imperfections. And what we need to do, my friends, in our lives is you need to put your friendships to the light. You need to put those relationships to the light. You need to be looking at your motives and your ambitions to the light. To, to, to truly be judged by the sun, S-O-N. And if, there's, if there are imperfections, if you're trying to withhold, if you're trying to hide and you're not cleansing, you're not removing that leaven in your life, that sin in your life, and you're trying to bury it, then you're not living a life in sincerity and truth. And the day will come when Christ will reveal all of those Faithful and honest servants. I want you to put that in perspective. 
The day will come when your life on that day, that day of judgment, your life and my life are going to be put out there. God will reveal everything. Now, praise the Lord that the times that you and I have failed, the times that we've ignored God and not heeded him, there's forgiveness if you ask for it. And I want to say to you, my friends, that in my life, man, I look to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and I say, Lord, I want my life to be consecrated before you. I don't want to live for myself. I don't want to live to please my, my flesh, to, to please my own desires. I want to live for you. And that's going to be hard because you ha- you're going to be stripped of things and people are going to judge you. People are going to come after you and you have to just keep setting yourself apart and cleansing out the old leaven knowing that Jesus Christ laid down his life for you so that you and I can live again and we could be united to, 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 together with him. So hiding sin and not dealing with you guys is not living a sincere life of truth. You're not living truth the way that you think you may be living it. And so I pray that after hearing this, that you will take time, to spend time with the Lord to confess your sin and get right with him. So now as always, you guys, let me just say this as we're closing. If you find this ministry to be not only helpful and fruitful in, in growing your faith, and you look forward to the podcast when they come out, I want to I want to ask you guys a few things, and I've been asking this to several of you, even by email. Some of you guys have reached out to us saying, "How can you pray? How can you support the ministry?" Well, obviously, number one is you're listening, and and please share it, share it out there with people. Tell your church, your church leaders, like, "Hey, this is a a Bible study podcast that teaches verse by verse." In chronological order. So if you want to just pick a, a gospel or the book of Acts or Galatians, go through it. Um, also, we're, we're, we're going to be, and it's my fault, we've been having a lot of projects on our hand. And of course, through the years, having 230 podcasts now, we have all kinds of notes that when we rebranded um, the ministry, Stand Strong Ministries, and also got a new website, we have not been able to upload those files. Um, some of you have asked about that. My apologies. That's totally on me. Um, so please thank you guys for your patience. Please forgive me. But also if you have any prayer requests, I want you guys to know as you're praying for our ministry, it's another request, pray for us. And we are definitely here to pray for you. Uh, I get to personally share some of these prayer requests with my family. Um, you know, a lot of it's anonymous, obviously. Um, and, and we keep it that way in confidence. But if, if there's a blessing that you seek, I pray that you would come to us and say, I'm just really asking God to move in this particular area. I don't know what God's will is in my life. We will give you scripture to help encourage you uh, to send a benediction, a blessing your way through God's word and for the Holy Spirit to come upon you and to encourage you and to convict you and to guide you and to support you. Uh, we are definitely uh, willing to do that and we love to do that. But also, as you know, this costs uh, money. And we are looking at our budget coming into the new year. And we are praying that God will continue to expand this podcast for marketing capabilities that we can uh, reach a a broader band. There's a lot of people out there. You guys are not teaching God's word. And we we are devoted to teach God's word uh, verse by verse and to give you guys resources and 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 to flip through scripture and to let scripture interpret scripture. And so that is our passion here on Stand Strong in the Word podcast. And so if you are blessed to have this available 
and you have never given before, you can go to standstrongministries.org. You can click on donate and we're encouraging people to become monthly donors. Whatever amount that God has laid in your heart, any amount would be a blessing to continue to get more Stand Strong supporters just like you. And I, w- I just want to say in advance, thank you because all these years now of running Stand Strong Ministries, um, as I'm recording this, is be, be it's 11, 11 years plus. It's just amazing how faithful God is in using men and women just like you to come alongside me, my family, my colleagues, my peers, and to bless us, to give us this opportunity, to afford us the opportunity to preach and teach God's word faithfully on the airwaves. So thank you guys for your love and your support. Go to standstrawministries.org also. And if you want to see videos and articles and books I've written, they're available there on the website, standstrawministries.org, where you can also get this podcast along with the other podcasts that I do with Edify called Challenging Conversations. And you can also pick up, my friends, our latest book with Salem Books, Hijacking Jesus, How Progressive Christians Are Remaking Him and Taking Over the Church. I'm telling you, one of the most important books I've written to date. I uh, can't wait to uh, continue to share that with other people. Uh, if you want to hear more about that, you can go check out my other podcast, Challenging Conversations, where we've dropped two episodes about hijacking Jesus and progressive Christianity that presents a false Jesus and attacks the very authority and infallibility of God's word. So you don't want to miss that, my friends. Until next time, keep standing strong in the word of God. Music.